What's up everybody and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to B2B Made Simple, um, a marketing podcast for marketing professionals. And my guest today is the VP of Marketing at High. Hiro, yes, we were just going over this. Aaron Boris. Aaron, welcome to the show, man. Wow, I almost messed it up because we were joking about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can call us. Uh, we're, we're the super Hiros, superheroes. It doesn't matter. We're uh, we're proud of it all. So as of yesterday, um, there was a lot of like buzz going around LinkedIn, especially. Um, it'll be a bit before this podcast drops, but definitely go back and look. You guys just closed your Series A for what, 10.5 million, right? Yeah. Uh, so we just raised our Series A after about uh, two and a half years um, as Hiro, um, led by Twilio, actually, the cloud communications leader, uh, Mindset Ventures, and Sparrow Ventures. And uh, we're really pumped for the next phase. That's awesome, man. Congrats to you guys. Um, to kick this off, I do have a question, uh, just to mix it up. If you had to choose between TV show or movie, what kind of guy are you? Uh, wow. So I'm a, I don't know, call me old fashioned, but I'm a, I'm a movie guy. Um, oh, there you go. I think, I think almost everybody I know, uh, my age or younger is, uh, is into binging TV shows and marathoning on Netflix. But, uh, I, I would fall into that camp. I don't know about marathoning and binging, but I think if I had to choose, it's more of a commitment to me to like sit down for a two hour movie than um, watch like 20 minutes of The Office or something. <laughs> Well, that makes sense. That's why you're a, an excellent podcaster. You understand uh, a short, right? Short, <laughs> digestible content for the uh, for the working man and woman. Very true. Um, so I'm pretty excited about what we're going to cover today, which is category creation. I'm pretty fascinated by the topic, um, and it's one thing that you guys have tackled at Hiro um, pretty recently. So can you just start off by sharing? like what it was that you guys did, and then we'll dive into like the actionable. Sure. Um, so in general, category creation is something that's considered uh, potentially a catapult for a company or a springboard for a company um, or something that can be quicksand and, uh, and, and considered more of a trap. Um, it's dangerous if you do it wrong. And a lot of the work that went into category creation that we did felt more of a necessity just because of how much of a red ocean chatbots have become. So um, Hiro, just to give a quick uh, background, no marketing plug, but um, we do conversational AI. So we do AI powered conversations. We do it over call centers. We do it on websites in the form of chatbots, uh, voice assistants. Um, and while we do that as a novel approach, it's still hard to differentiate when you have 
100,000 different chatbot developers or building platforms um, who are competing for the attention of the same right-hand corner of a website or the same call center uh, if you're a voice bot. And, and when we saw that they were identifying as conversational AI, so intent-based bots and, and these more simplified versions of what we do, uh, it became difficult to try and educate a market, especially as a seed stage startup, about um, how different we are and, and what our unique value proposition is. Um, and I think staying in that category would have continued to be extremely difficult for us um, uh, to really make noise and, and, and to uh, flaunt what it is that makes us so special, which is adaptability. And so for us, looking at the road ahead and also as we raised Series A and ran into um, you know, VCs who, uh, of course, had been burnt at some point by chatbot companies who have underperformed over the last decade uh, in terms of, you know, their adoption and their growth and popularity. And uh, we understood that it was a necessity for us to detach ourselves and distance ourselves from what doesn't work in the space, uh, which is intent-based. And that approach is something that we decided to take and make our enemy. Um, and I think Andy Raskin says it best when he talks about strategic narrative and when he talks about creating categories, I mean, he is the master, also uh, Chris Lockheed and his book, you know, uh, Play Bigger, which I recommend everybody reads. Um, so creating a category means distancing yourself from, from what's been and doing that by saying, this is wrong, pointing at something and saying uh, the way that they've done it, the approach that they've taken is fundamentally flawed and we have something that's replacing that. And so what we are doing is replacing these intent-based chatbots and IVR systems and voice assistants and all these conversational interfaces that you, know, you Sam, have probably interacted with a crappy chatbot on your day and, and, and clicked X on the website. Um, so we're going after those uh, interfaces that don't work and saying, leave them, look at adaptive communication, look at something that's not rigid, that doesn't break, look at something that's flexible uh, um, and unbending. And um, sorry, unbreakable. Um, and so uh, that's really why we decided to call ourselves Adaptive Communications and create something that's called the Adaptive Communications Platform. And of course, we draw inspiration from the best category creators out there. I follow Udi Lettiger and I follow mm -hmm. the Gong story of revenue intelligence. I look at Drift and conversational marketing, it's phenomenal category creation, uh, now revenue acceleration. Um, another great example of category creation is WalkMe, who are right down the street from Iro's office, uh, digital adoption. So uh, we looked at some of the greats and, and took, I think, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, uh, their best practices and, uh, and applied them to adaptive communications and tied that into our Series A. And, and here we are, we've just launched it. Mm -hmm. So why did you guys end up going the the category creation route was this something from the very origin of hyro that you wanted to do or did you solidify your go-to-market strategy and decide however many years down the road you know what maybe we should give this a try uh it's a great question so so i think we we didn't necessarily want to create a category it isn't something that we sat down and said uh, let's be category creators um it fell into our laps the language also a couple of meetings with Gartner and a couple of conversations with uh, key partners and, and some of our customers um, where the word adaptability kept coming up. Um, I, I think a lot of it, um, 
a lot of it just coalesced in a way that made a lot of sense uh, for us to formulate something concrete and different around uh, uh, all these different, you know, uh, insights we were gathering and uh, all the different kinds of conversations we were having. Um, I think, you know, in terms of, um, in terms of, I guess, when we started the company, we tried a bunch of different names. So we tried plug and play conversational AI. And we tried to make that how we stand out, right? Yeah, just mm -hmm. plug and play, no code, just uh, just add this to your website, low business efforts, adapt it, um, uh, scale without issues. And something was still missing there. It, it's mm -hmm. too many words. It was too many. It's like conversational AI, but, you know, dot, dot, dot. And then all the dot, dot, dots, eventually you lose your lead along the way, right? It's, you yeah. know, how many, okay, but... The more you dot, dot, dots, a couple of really, <laughs> the worse, yeah, <laughs> the worse it gets. Enough, enough dot, dot, dots that eventually mm -hmm. you run them off of, uh, of, you know, run them out of your funnel. Um, and I think eventually it was clear to us that we were explaining too much how we were not what we were calling ourselves. Hmm. And I think that's a really important point when you, when, if you find yourself in a position like that, that's a huge flag that maybe category creation is right for you and your company and your marketing team and your, your CEO who needs to lead this strategically. Um, and I think for us, it was clear. We were explaining too much how we weren't the bad examples of conversational AI and chatbots. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just about showing them the product. I mean, you get to do that if they accept a 30 minute demo. You get to do that if you're showcasing at a conference. You don't get to do that all the time. Um, when it's, you know, the 15 seconds of attention span you have from someone in the LinkedIn message or an email cadence, uh, um, or even the homepage of your website, um, depending on how it's laid out. Mm -hmm. So I think it was really important for us to find a way to immediately differentiate ourselves and immediately make people say, oh, wait, I thought they were a chatbot company or, oh, wait, I thought they were conversational AI. What, what is adaptive communications? And then we've got their curiosity and then we explain how we're different. And, and while we're doing that, again, we're pointing it at an enemy. And I think that's the most important thing to take away from uh, category creation is in order to do it, you have to be pointing at something and saying, that's wrong, that's broken. Mm -hmm. And you're saying one enemy, right? Yeah, so our enemy is intent-based solutions. Mm -hmm. um, which on a more technical level of conversational solutions and, and interfaces means that most chatbots and voice bots and uh, uh, call center automation and all the different kinds of, of conversational AI uh, solutions out there, most of them are, are usually built on what's called intents. And it means if X, then Y. So like if Sam uh, says go, then it's the color green. Or if Sam says stop, then it's the color red. And that's how you usually teach these bots. And by not fundamentally giving them a base of the human language, it's really hard to upskill or it's really hard to add use cases. And also it's really hard to add intent. Each intent, especially if it's coming from a machine learning you're talking about, an intent can take four weeks and a thousand impressions, um, or sorry, a thousand uh, uh, training samples. Um, and for us, what because we teach our AI, the human language, and then layer on top use cases, we can actually do that in, in more like a day. Um, and so that's really the fundamental difference in, in why we sell to enterprises instead of small businesses, et cetera, is because they have tons of data and tons of different intents coming from a wide variety of their offerings to many different uh, customer segments. And so for them, it's, it's a real pain to try and scale using intents. 
And so we're pointing at that and saying, that's why your conversational interfaces fail. That's why your bots are hated on by your customers. And that's why there's all this friction. And you know, those are dumb bots, they suck, and we are adaptive communications. And, mm -hmm. and I think uh, that's important for us. Yeah, one thing I want to, to bring up is you guys have focused on one problem. I know I kind of iterated on that a second ago. And I think that's important just because it's tempting to be like, we're gonna create a category and have five enemies. But the whole point of marketing is to be remembered for something. I think that is just points back to brand as well. So when you guys identify one enemy that you are constantly going to battle against with your product, people are going to remember that. If you guys had five, that sounds good on the surface, but people are going to be, wait, what do they actually solve? So I think people, if you are going to be doing the category creation, you need to stick to that one enemy to be remembered for something. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think it's really important to have a uniform, uh, uh, yeah, something you're aligned against, something mm -hmm. you're, you're completely in sync against. Um, and, and, and yeah, offering one solution to what is flawed. So if it's inflexibility, which is intent-based, then it's adaptability, which is adaptive communication. Mm -hmm. and, and that's it. And uh, yeah, going in a ton of different directions in category creation is where things get really bamboozled. Mm -hmm. there's like a glaring issue that I've seen with um, category creation. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, especially if a lot of the strategy for inbound would be SEO. And that is you come up with a category, right? And it's a term that no one has ever heard and probably isn't searching for. So when they search for chat bots or whatever it is that is like the industry norm, and then you come up and you have a category that they've never heard about, how do you even write about that or, or rank or get the perception to be, oh, this is the same thing because maybe they're coming to the website and saying, oh, I thought this was a chat bot and they're saying it's this. So, so fantastic question. And a huge uh, uh, part of what went into the thinking around adaptive communications. And again, going back, I might go back to this point <laughs> almost every time I answer your question, but going back to uh, naming an enemy. So. Um, our enemy happens to be our enemy happens to be what everyone is actually searching for. So if I'm writing all the time, comparing ourselves to intent-based chatbots, IVR systems, call center automation, um, then what's going to happen is that they're going to find us in the context of what is better than that. And so um, actually, what we'll be able to do is rank for the keywords of the actual solutions and other products and interfaces that we're up against and that our category is, is trying to beat out. So you'll find adaptive communications by trying to find intent-based solutions. And then hopefully what we've done once you've gotten there is we've convinced you, we've actually convinced you to, uh, to go with adaptive communications versus intent-based solutions. And so that's the, the SEO strategy there. We won't stop writing about the chatbots, conversational AI, dumb bots, click bots, IVRs, uh, call center automation. We'll just, do it in a way that allows us to, to compare and, uh, and become a strong alternative. Yeah. Um, so I have honestly toyed with the idea of trying category creation for our company. Um, and I think there's, I, I, I'm curious of your feedback of like, when does a company actually need to do it? And when do they not? Because for example, we build websites, right? That's 
so straightforward and so simple, but I could say um, revenue generation internet machine. And that's the category. And then it's like, it's almost like we're trying too hard. I know that's just something off the top of my head, but it could literally just be said, oh, you build websites, right? So what would you say to a company that like, where's the line when it comes to category creation and when you need to create one and when it's like still okay just to use the general um, terms for the industry? Uh, great question. Um, I think, I think again, it depends how deep the, the competitive problem is. And, and also um, in terms of comparison, how hard do you have to try in order to convince someone that your solution is, is, has a real differentiator. Uh, when it comes to SEO and SEO services, almost every single company you're targeting probably needs an SEO, right? SEO services. And then what you're doing is you have to show that, I guess your results are better, or you have to show better testimonials and uh, better credibility, better authority. Um, I don't necessarily think that warrants creating a new category. You just have to show that your service has better results. Um, in our case, I think the approach that we have is fundamentally different than what other chatbot, conversational AI, voice AI companies are doing. And it was completely lost in translation because we're just looped in with everybody else and what everybody else is doing. In terms of SEO, you should be looped in with, with uh, what everybody else is doing. You're offering similar services and similar practices. You're just doing it better. And for us, we're doing it from a completely different approach and with totally different technology. Um, the entire basis of how we create conversational interfaces is unique to at least every company that I've researched that is our competitor. There are other competitors that do natural language phenomenally well. There are other competitors that use, use knowledge graphs phenomenally well. Uh, there are other competitors that have great chatbots and great conversational AI solutions, but they're still not the way we do things. And they're still, they still don't have the capacity in terms of adaptability to reach the same understanding levels that, that we have, um, both that we're achieving now and, and for future growth. And so for us, it made sense to distance ourselves from them. Mm -hmm. So my suggestion to other companies that are considering category creation is, is again, one, do you have a true enemy? Do you have, or, or and maybe enemy sounds negative. And, and when I keep saying it on this call, I hope uh, like I'm a pacifist, you know, don't. Uh, but but find a uh, find something to uh, to go up against. Find something to stand against, um, in the sense that they're doing it wrong. Um, and and if you can't, then that might be a sign that category creation isn't for you right now. And maybe you should stay in your own category, but change your positioning within that category, which is another option and something that we considered as well. Um, and, and we talked about just saying we're adaptive conversational AI. But it just, again, there, there was a mismatch and there was something off and something missing. So um, my suggestion is to, just one, I would establish whether or not you have a true enemy or some version of what you're doing to stand up against, um, something that you're really uh, um, differentiating yourself from, and two, investigate how deep the red ocean you're in is. And um, is it highly competitive to the point where no matter what you do, you can't compete in it. Um, and, and three, see if you can avoid the headache by, from category creation by maybe repositioning yourself in a way that's just super effective inside of the category you're currently in. And again, to go back to what I said before, 
SEO services, it's probably that you just need to amplify more why your SEO services are, are better versus we have a fundamentally different approach to SEO than has ever been created before, uh, which if you're doing great, maybe you do deserve your own category. And if you're not, then, then maybe it's just better to, um, to look at you know, credibility reviews, um, um, quality of service. You brought up a really interesting point um, where if category creation isn't necessarily for you, um, maybe you just need a position, a positioning shift. And I think that's kind of the, the direction that we took instead of the category creation. And I'm curious, what would you say is the difference in your, if your definition of category creation versus a position, oh, I can't even say that word today, positioning <laughs> shift. What would you say is the difference between the two? Um, so to me, a positioning shift would be we are adaptive conversational AI versus we're now adaptive communications. Um, or a positioning shift would be like um, plug-and-play conversational AI versus, um, I don't know, um, versus just conversational AI. Basically, it's, it's, a, it's a descriptive form of what you're already doing hmm. um, and not something fundamentally different. And that needs to be, I mean, basically category creation, you're talking about educating an entire new market. You said it yourself uh, pretty well, nobody's searching for you. Um, you know, it's, it's like a death wish in SEO, usually if you're not careful about it. Um, and, and so you're essentially educating an entirely new audience about what it is you do. And positioning means you don't have to do that anymore. So you stay in the same, you swim in the same water, but now you're just wearing a different swimsuit. I think that's the uh, that, that's kind of the way I would uh, <laughs> trivialize it, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess positioning is staying in that same category and just framing yourself in a different way. And, and that could be by saying, for instance, for us, we're plug and play conversational AI or we're adaptive conversational AI, but still identifying with conversational AI. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting. And I think that's a good shift for companies to possibly make if they don't think that the entire process of creating a category is something they want to bite off. Yeah, I totally. And, and I think uh, just to be clear on, on this call and, and forever uh, for whoever's watching, it's not as if this is a success story. I'm not telling this as if uh, this is gong and we did revenue intelligence and, uh, and, and we're now a unicorn and everyone knows uh, you know, goodbye, uh, opinions, hello, reality. Um, we, we're doing this as, as uh, you know, this is our big experiment. This is our, our time to shine in terms of, of something being completely different and, and being bold in our marketing and uh, taking a stance against something. I don't know if it's going to work, you know, as I- But you're in I the thick of it, which is cool. Uh, yeah, we're in the thick of it. We, you know, the, the fact that Twilio invested in, in Hiro and, and that a TechCrunch article was launched two days ago talking about adaptive communications, that's it. Um, we, you know, it's now live to the world. Like this is our category and, and we need to own it. And, and you know, Hiro is adaptive communications, adaptive communications is Hiro and, and that's it, we need to make it work. Um, and only time will tell. And of course, a lot of effort and, and you know, uh, blood, sweat and tears will, will tell if, uh, 
if this was worth pursuing for us and if we made the right decision to create a category. Um, but uh, I'm definitely excited. I think it's, it pumps a lot of life into the marketing department, into the company. Um, and it makes, it's going to make for a lot of interesting initiatives coming up real soon. That's awesome, man. Um, cool. Well, to close this out, we like to, to switch things up and give the guest an opportunity to become the podcast host. So I don't know if you've ever hosted a podcast, but do you have any questions that you want to ask me and put me into the hot seat, making you the, the interviewer here? Definitely. Um, for sure. So I'm very jealous of you, Sam, because you have a successful podcast. And what I want to know is, um, how do you go about starting such a thing? And when do you start? At what point do you start to measure success? I know Dave Gerhardt, another marketing guru that everyone follows, says, you know, podcasts have ROI that's measurable. But when do you at some point say, okay, I've done X amount of these podcasts. I'm going to look back at what this has done for either my personal brand or my day-to-day job as, as Sam the marketer. I mean, what, you know, at what point do you say, this is, this is worth my time. I'm going to keep doing it or, or, you know what? No one, uh, I can't track value here. So I'm done. Yeah. All right. Well, I will dive into how to get it started. Then we'll go into kind of how to measure things. Um, when it comes to starting a podcast, the first thing you want to do is obviously get a goal in place. Um, and there's different directions you can go with a podcast. The first one is you can use it as an ABM strategy where you invite your ideal, uh, buyers onto your show and it's a foot in the door. Um, the caveat is you don't want to sell on the call. So this is not to make it a sales motion. This is to build a relationship, right? So there's option number one. Option number two is it's to position your company as a thought leader or someone who has industry knowledge. So for example, you could have um, an executive in the, com- in the company talk about something that's important to your buyers and hopefully it generates demand to go, oh, okay, these guys know what they're talking about. Um, we're going to buy from them. So that's option number two. Option number three is kind of a combination of both, but it's strictly, hey, we're doing this because we want the short form content and we want this to be a content pillar. Um, so what I mean by that is you, you record a podcast, whether it's with a guest or with someone from your company and you chop it up and you don't really focus on hey, how many people are coming to listen to the podcast? We just want content for social media, um, for a blog, maybe for, um, yeah, between those two, right? So there's the third strategy. You can do all three. And number three kind of comes from one and two, but those are kind of the directions that you can go. And you want to pick a lane and say, hey, we're going to do this or we're going to do a combination. When you try to do all three, it can be a lot to bite off. Can you do it? Absolutely. Um, But I would recommend pick one and go for it and then maybe start scaling down the road. As for how to start uh, this podcast, it, I actually got this mic. My dad had it and I stole it from him. I'm just like, Hey, can I borrow that a long time ago and never gave it back. And it's a blue Yeti mic. It costs maybe a hundred bucks on Amazon. Um, You and I are sitting on zoom right now, which is free. And then we upload our show to anchor which is also free. And then it distributes the content. So when it comes to a podcast, you could be really, really scrappy with it and not have a ton of money into the show. It's mostly time. 
Um, I would say when you're starting a podcast, time is going to be your biggest investment, um, which a lot of companies are okay with. You don't need this huge production budget. You don't need insane video quality to start. You just have to be quick to ship it and quick to get it out there. Um, people kind of like the raw stuff. So that's um, kind of in a box how to start a podcast. Um, that's how we did ours. You really don't want to overthink it. You just kind of have to go for it and see what works, listen to what other people are doing, try and be fresh with it. And uh, don't get stuck thinking about making it perfect because it will never be. And it, I don't think it should be. I think it's kind of fun to have some, uh, the Zoom glitch a little bit. You hear like the voice uh, uh, sound mix up or whatever, but um, so that's my podcast in a box. So as for how to measure a podcast, um, that's, that's a tough question. I would say what we do is we, we look at audience growth for one. Um, and it can be a little bit deceptive. What we like to do is look from a month to month, like how many downloads we got that month. And then if there is growth from each month, even if it's five to 10%, that's a win for us to see, okay, the audience is moving up. The second thing is you'll start to hear from people that you're talking to, whether it's buyers, leads, prospects, maybe even customers. Hey, I, I was listening to the podcast. You guys are doing a good job. Even two or three of those qualitative uh, pieces of data is good. I mean, people will mention it in LinkedIn posts. Hey, I, I love this, or I've been listening to the podcast. And that is actually starting to happen for us more and more, which is good. And that's an indica indicator to me that we're doing the right thing. Um, a second way to measure it would be if you're doing an ABM strategy with it, is how many guests do you have on the show actually turn into buyers down the road? Not because you followed up with an email cadence, not because I sit here and say, hey, Aaron, by the way, like great podcast. What do you think about doing a website? That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking, you build a relationship with someone and then maybe down the road, they reach out to you. That's a great way to measure it if you're doing the ABM strategy as well. Um, so that's my two uh, takes on that. And I don't know if you have any follow-up questions or if that answered your question. That helped a lot, um, especially about how to get started. We wanted to do a podcast at Hiro for quite some time. And, and uh, I agree. I think most of it surround, like uh, most of it in terms of resources is about effort and really just, uh, just putting in the bandwidth to do it. Um, mm -hmm. but I liked, I, I, yeah, I liked the points that you gave, uh, especially choose a lane, uh, choose one lane, mm -hmm. um, I guess be scrappy in terms of, of how to do it and, and also keep it raw. Um, I think those are great tips, uh, that I'm going to take with me at least, um, when we hopefully start our podcasts in the next couple of quarters, uh, now that we're a series A startup. So. Hey, way to go, man. <laughs> Looking forward to, to hearing it. Do you have an idea? of what you'll talk about on the show? Yeah, actually. Uh, so we're an adaptive communications company and that makes things really fun now. So we can use the word adaptive in a lot of ways. <laughs> and I think uh, one of the ways I wanna do it is around the adaptive enterprise. I don't have the exact name yet, but I wanna look at uh, basically executives and companies who have pivoted very well. Um, and of course, coming off of 2020, it's very, it's very easy to find a lot of those stories uh, over the course of the last, you know, year and a half, um, who has been able to adapt to challenges. Um, 
And I think that'll be a, a pretty fun take for us, uh, especially in healthcare. I think it'll especially resonate. Um, you know, with, they're always dealing with new, uh, new challenges and, and having to come up with really creative, innovative uh, ideas to solve them. So that's, I think, the direction we'll go in, but I don't know. You'll have that's to awesome. It, it sounds like you guys are on the right track there, which is good. So um, definitely keep it up, keeping posted on, on when that drops. I'll have to check it out. But um, man, thank you for, for joining me on the show. Uh, I loved what we covered today. We went into some, some really cool content creation, even versus positioning, I think it was really important. So um, Aaron, congratulations on the Series A. Um, what an accomplishment. And thanks for joining me, man. Thanks so much, Sam. And uh, if we ever need your services, I'll, uh, I'll be sure to reach out. Um, th this was great. And uh, I encourage everyone to look at more of Sam's podcast because they're fantastic. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it.